Hi, I'm Shona, and this is my podcast. I'm a mum, a pre and postnatal trainer, CrossFit coach, yoga teacher, and I don't take myself or life too seriously. Enjoy my podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. So today on this podcast, I'm answering questions from my best self clients. So the people on the best self nutrition coaching challenge are people who are all members of unit four CrossFit. They're all CrossFitters and they're all getting some help and accountability with their nutrition. So these questions are from their check-ins. I'm really sorry. Maggie and Elsa, my dogs, are just feeling quite noisy at the moment. Um, They're needing some attention. So I do apologise for any noise that they make during this podcast. Anyway, let's get straight into the questions because we've got some absolutely great ones. Okay, so I've given them a carrot. They are out my hair for probably about five minutes. So let's start with the first question. This one is just a corker. So what ways do you encourage your clients to hold themselves accountable? For example, are there any types of self-talk mantras, reflections that you encourage. It's so interesting how people stay motivated. I was a support runner for someone in an Ironman competition, never again, that's her comment, not mine, and he told me that if he was flagging at any point to essentially berate him into keeping moving. Not my bag, but I gave it a go and failed miserably. I think the comedy of my efforts for what got him through in the end. (laughs) I think that man sounds like he's got a fetish. Anyway, um, I, oh wow, that's such a big question and I love it. The beauty of being a coach and working with lots of different people is that we are all motivated differently and a good coach is able to see that in people and know when the right time is to use different coaching techniques And quite often with coaching, it's boiled down to two different approaches, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think there is just two approaches, but um, that would be tough love or compassion. And some people think that they need tough love. And actually, I don't think many people actually react well to tough love. I think most people are best when they are met with compassion. And actually when they are speaking to themselves with compassion because quite a lot of people they suffer from negative self-talk they beat themselves up they say some really nasty things to themselves in their own head and the way that they speak to themselves they would never dream of speaking to anyone else that way and I think if we all treated ourselves with a lot more self-love and compassion then we would be a lot happier and in my lifetime as a coach I've had so many people say to me oh I just need you to shout at me I just need you to tell me what to do and I don't think as a coach that's a really great way to coach because um first of all it's it's lazy like you're not actually teaching someone the tools and giving them the the tools that they need to be able to motivate and encourage themselves to do what they need to do if you just have a coach to shout at you and tell you what to do 
then you're not actually learning anything. There's absolutely no autonomy there. So I think if someone says that to me, I'm going to dig deeper and I know that that person really needs a compassionate coach and they also need discussion, they need education in order to motivate themselves. I am like you, I also find it totally fascinating how people motivate themselves. I just think that people's brains work all so differently. In fact, I remember actually really recently, Emma ESG that I work for, she said that she motivates herself or keeps herself accountable by, this, like, okay, this is a narrative that goes in her head. If she doesn't do something, then something really bad is going to happen. Like, <laughs> I remember her saying that to me. She was like, if I don't follow XYZ that I've got set out for me in front of me, then something bad will happen. And I was like, Emma, that kind of doesn't really sound that healthy. <laughs> but I know that in her head, it is healthy and it's the way that she stays accountable to what she needs to do. But for other people, that might let them spiral and actually not be that healthy a way to motivate themselves. Equally, something that I love and James Clear talks about in his book, Atomic Habits, is having or like identifying with the identity that you want. So for example, you might want to identify as an athlete. So then you take on the behaviours of an athlete. So what would an athlete do? An athlete would train, an athlete would eat well, an athlete would make sure that they got eight hours sleep, things like that. However, the criticism of that mindset is that you're too, your identity is too fixed to your physical body and what would happen if your body wasn't able to perform like an athlete anymore. And I think that's quite an interesting take on it too. I personally quite like that one. I Another one that I like is getting to the end of the day or if I've, if I've got a big sort of decision ahead of me, like should I eat this chocolate muffin? <laughs> I count that as a big decision, okay? I ask myself, will Shona of tomorrow thank me for this decision today? I like this one because it encourages a pause and the pause can be so powerful because you're taking a moment before you make a decision and you're responding rather than reacting. Ooh, I like that. Such a good question as usual, Rebecca. Thank you so much. So let's ask the next question. Here we are. I'm always worried about seeing my weight increasing on the scale. Even if my brain tells me that it's good that I weigh a little bit more and that it's possibly muscle and not just fat, the other side of my brain gets super paranoid about it. How do you balance the happiness of getting fit and the, the gain of some weight that may happen when you start to eat properly? I have been skipping a lot of lunches a lot uh, during the last few years is due to my work and the fact that I do a lot of experiments all the time. I don't have a proper schedule for lunch and I don't have enough time to eat. But now that I am in a good eating schedule, I can see that I'm weighing a bit more, which is good. And despite being happy about it, I also feel a bit worried when I'm completely honest with myself. I think this is totally understandable and very common. I think it's common because we women are drilled into us from such a young age 
and it's in our culture, it's in our families, it's in society that weight gain is a bad thing and weight loss is a good thing. Like if you think about how many times you have witnessed someone come in and they are smaller or they weigh less than they did before and someone gives them a compliment, oh you're looking great, like have you lost weight? We think that that's a good thing when we don't actually know what's going on in their life. They might be like you and really busy with work and uh, totally not, well not, I'm not saying that you didn't look after yourself, but not eating enough and they're really stressed out and maybe something's going on in their life, maybe they're grieving, maybe they're ill and we just assume that it's a good thing. So undoing that notion in your head is going to be very, very difficult but the good thing is you're working on it and it can be so hard to let go of it but I promise it will be really freeing. I think a lot of people have a body weight that they are connected with in their head and perhaps they are connected with that body weight because oh that was a time when I was really happy or that's what I weighed when I looked really good or that's what I weighed when I was 18 even though the fact they're 34 now. I think it can be so freeing to let go of that as well. For me I had a real connection with 63 kilos (laughs) and that was because I entered a weightlifting competition that was under 63 kilos and I had to diet down for it and I thought I looked smoking hot but actually um, in hindsight I was just really skinny. I didn't really have much muscle at all and since then I have built so much muscle and I am a lot heavier than 63 kilos but I was always thinking I shouldn't be this weight, I should be 63 kilos but letting go of that was just so freeing and not having a connection with a weight or not having a connection with the scale can be really healthy for you as well. So I think there are two approaches here. If you are anxious about the scale, if you are sort of obsessive about scale weight, there's two approaches and the first one might seem a bit counterintuitive, but hear me out. And that is to weigh yourself every day. If you weigh yourself every day, then you can see that over the space of seven days and over the space of a month, your weight can fluctuate massively, especially if you're a woman. And that is for hormonal reasons, depending on where you are in your cycle, depending on how much water you're retaining. Actually, sometimes if you've had a really heavy leg session, you can be retaining water. That's another reason why you might be heavier. Maybe you've eaten a lot of fruit and veg the day before. Maybe you've got a lot of food in your bowel. There's so many reasons why you can be heavier or lighter that aren't necessarily that you have gained fat. So that is option one. Option two is throw the scales out. Don't weigh yourself at all and find instead different ways to measure your progress. So for example, how are you performing in the gym? How do your clothes fit? How do you feel in your own skin? How do you feel when you look in the mirror? Those are ways that you can keep an eye on your progress and how you feel that aren't related to how much you weigh. I think this is such a great question. I think that a lot of people will identify with this. So well done on bringing it up. Is there a specific way to get stronger? other than just trying to go a bit further every time. 
So here is a concept which I'm going to talk about for a bit called progressive overload. So progressive overload, when it is talked about strength training, refers to lifting heavier or more reps. That's a really simple way of looking at it. And what progressive overload leads to is getting stronger and building more muscle. In CrossFit, we're not following the same program every week. So it might be harder for you to keep an eye on whether you are actually lifting heavier or for more reps each week. So there's lots of ways that you can achieve progressive overload without always having to lift heavier or for more reps. So let's go through them. The first way you can achieve progressive overload is by increasing the range of motion. So I know the person that has asked this question has been working on this since she started CrossFit. I think it's been a year you've been here now. Wow. And so for example, let's take a squat and say that you can squat 35 kilos to parallel. A way that you could make yourself stronger is by squatting 35 kilos to below parallel and working on that before you start increasing the weight. You could increase the reps. That's a really easy way of uh, achieving progressive overload. If you increase the reps, then you are achieving more volume. So for example, if you were following just a normal bodybuilding program and you were doing three sets of 10 an exercise, maybe the next week you were doing three sets of 12 or four sets of 10. You can, of course, increase the weight and that's why it's really important that you log your scores on Wodify because you can keep an eye on what weight you've lifted for certain lifts. On a Thursday, we always do some sort of strength focus and that is the day that we really encourage everyone to come, especially if your goal is to get stronger because there's no Metcon, we're not doing any cardio, so your full focus can be on lifting as heavy as you can or for as many reps as you can. Another way you can achieve progressive overload overload, is decreasing rest periods. This one would be a little bit harder for you guys to achieve, but that's what Chris would look at. So, for example, if you're doing a workout where it was two minutes on, two minutes off, maybe the following week you would do two minutes on, one minute off. That's a really simple way of looking at it. You can also increase density. This one is probably a really good one for CrossFit, especially because we do a lot of AMRAPs. Density means doing the same amount of work in less time or doing more work in the same amount of time. So for example, if we were doing a 10 minute AMRAP one week and you managed, I don't know, 300 reps, the following week you're going to try and get in 400 reps in the same 10 minute AMRAP. And I know we don't do that in CrossFit, but that's just a simple example. And finally, this is one that you can do, but it comes with a caveat, and that is by increasing the frequency of your training. So if you are someone who is on the three times a week membership, if you want to get stronger, then you might want to come four times a week or five times a week. However, if you are coming five times a week and you think that 
you need to come more six times a week or even if you're coming six times a week and you still want to do more, then I think to an extent that increasing the frequency is not going to bring you the return that you that you want um, because rest is really, really important and recovery is important to progressive overload as well. So I hope that has answered that particular question. Here's another really good one. Here goes. Exercise anxiety when you haven't been in a while worrying about how much you'll struggle, etc. So (laughs) I'm not going to say don't worry because this is valid. If you've not been to the gym in a while and you've not done any exercise in a while, the first session back is always going to be a bit of a challenge. That's the truth. And when anyone starts anything new, or gets back into anything that they've not done for a while, that first session back is going to be hard. But here's what you're forgetting. You will feel so proud of yourself for having come back. And the next session won't be as bad. And the next session after that won't be as bad. And the next session after that will be even better as well. So all you need to do is just come, get yourself in there, There is going to be anxiety, but we've all started somewhere and we've all got things that we are not great at and things that challenge us and things we struggle in. But struggle and challenge is what makes us grow as people, isn't it? Like you don't get better by staying where you are or staying in your comfort zone. So lean into that anxiety, lean into those feelings of nervousness And of course, lean into the burpees and don't check Wodify. Don't do it. Because if you check Wodify, you'll be like, "Mm, that sounds really, really hard. I'm going to come. Just book in, get your ass in. The coach is going to give you a big hug when you come in. If you want one, I'm sure you will. And we'll see you there. Okay, last question because I need to head out quite soon. This challenge is great for accountability, but how do you keep yourself accountable when it's just you. Well, first thing, we don't need to end after the six weeks. We can keep going. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, if you don't plan on keeping going, then my advice for you is to set yourself two different targets for things. So quite often I'll talk about non-negotiables and your non-negotiable is things like, I'm going to do three workouts per week, I'm going to get 100 grams of protein. I'm going to get six portions of fruit and veg. I'm going to get 12K steps. Now, if you know that you are someone who might not manage that because you've got like an all or nothing type personality, (laughs) I know there's a few of you out there. If you're like, oh, well, if I don't get three workouts in, then I might as well not get any. Then setting yourself a minimum non-negotiable and then uh, an ideal non-negotiable. So for example, if it's raining outside and I'm not feeling too great, then maybe I'm just going to admit to myself that 12k steps isn't going to happen. But do you know what can happen? I can make 7k steps. And as long as I don't get any less than that, I'll hold myself to that standard And chances are, if I push for 7k steps, if I'm like, oh, well, I'm only, I'm on five, if I just push for 2k more, then I'll be able to surpass that and maybe get eight or 9k steps. So if you use the two targets uh, 
minimum non-negotiable and an ideal world non-negotiable as in like a this is what I actually would quite like to get but I'm going to just aim for my minimum non-negotiable and then also just like what I was talking about at the start of the podcast all the different techniques that I was talking about that people use to hold themselves accountable journaling it can be a really really good one I love journaling. I love keeping a diary. I actually just call it keeping a diary. I don't call it journaling. And I know that some people get turned off by that, by calling it keeping a diary, but equally, some people get turned off by calling it journaling. All it is, is just a chance to actually pause and reflect on your day and look back on your day and then look forward on the next day and think about how you can make it better. And also, sometimes if you might be someone who... Sorry, I had to pause there because I thought Maggie was going to jump up on the sofa and I gave her the stink eye and it stopped her in her tracks. Anyway, if you are someone who maybe leans into certain self-soothing mechanisms that might not be so good, so if you're having like a really emotional day and you want to soothe with food or a glass of wine or things that don't necessarily align with your goals, then journaling can really help because it's another way of getting your emotions down, looking at them a bit more objectively and finding a different solution to your problem as opposed to this sort of like, I need to squash my feelings with a chocolate Greg's muffin. And finally, I just love remembering how good I feel when I'm totally on it with my habits and when I am holding myself to this standard and when I am being quite disciplined and holding myself accountable, I remember how good I feel, how good I sleep, how much a nicer person I am, my mood's better, my energy levels are better, I'm performing well in the gym. I just try and always remember that when the time comes that you are struggling for that motivation. So anyway, I hope today's episode has helped. Have a wonderful day. And if you need to get in touch with me, you can message me directly at Shona Strong or message the gym at Unit 4 Health and Fitness. Have a nice day. Bye.